Voice of Business presented by the Worcester Regional Chamber of Commerce. It is sponsored by Worcester Airport and Fidelity Bank. And the chairman of Fidelity Bank, Ed Manzi, is with us. And Ed's guest today is Jim Umphrey of Kelleher and Sadowski. And Jim has distinguished himself as a leading real estate broker in central Massachusetts. He's been with Kelleher and Sadowski for over 35 years, principal of the firm, uh, became the principal of the firm in 2005. He has brokered numerous multi-million dollar deals deals in the medical and office sectors, works with major corporate clients throughout the region. Kelleher and Sadowski is based here in Worcester at 120 Front Street at Mercantile Center and employs 15 brokers. And uh, Ed, no surprise as to why you would want to talk to Jim. He is uh, involved in so much that is going on in the renaissance of the city. And here is Ed Mansey. Hey, good morning, Hank. Thank you very much. And good morning, Jim. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, Ed. Nice to talk to you. Thank you for the invite. No, happy to do it. We, you and I have known each other for a long time. I remember back in uh, about 20 years ago, helping find you, helping trying to help us find corporate headquarters and all kinds of things. So you are really the a, a, a right guy to talk about these important issues with the public here. So I'll get right into our questions. We have a we have a uh, time limit of a couple uh, 15 minutes or so. So let's go. To, obviously, the topic of the day is. COVID-19, and it's having a huge impact on every business, and, but in, in particular, the, the, the commercial real estate business is what we want to hear from you about. What do you think? Can you share with us how, how it's been affected locally? Um, I think you have to break it down a little bit into uh, different segments of the actual commercial real estate market. So um, I think that... Uh, things like high bay industrial space and modern manufacturing space, um, there's been a lot of activity in that. I actually think there's going to be a lot of growth in that particular segment uh, of the market, uh, primarily because I think the, the, uh, the government is going to start uh, really providing incentives for companies to start moving the supply chain back to the U.S. So we've seen biomanufacturing and contract manufacturing of like electrical products and high bay distribution is, is actually very strong. Um, the retail component has definitely been hurt significantly. I think, you know, smaller uh, retail operations like nail salons and hair salons and restaurants have really been hurt. Um, and I would say, you know, downtown urban office space has definitely uh, taken, uh, it, it appears as though is taking a hit. I, you know, the one thing to keep in mind is that most of those buildings have long-term leases, so tenants are paying and so on, but it's definitely going to have, it's going to leave a mark on, uh, on the office market in, in any city, but Worcester included. Well, I mean, that's a good segue. The last week's uh, guest, we had uh, the uh, city manager at Augustus on, and one of the things, I mean, he had a lot of positive stories and things to talk about, but the one of the, of the challenges was that Unum's recent decision to vacate because of the, you know, people shifting to working from home. It's a very strong company. It's got nothing to do with their ability to pay the rent. It's just, a, you know, a question about is this, is this the new normal or um, is this just a phase that we're going to go through? So I guess, you know, maybe you could dig a little deeper into what you think that means. I know it's early, so it's just, you know, our best, our just, we're just thinking out loud a bit here on office leasing in downtown. Yeah, I, you know, Ed, that, uh, Unum, uh, 
vacating what is I don't know the exact amount of square feet, but it's got to be at least 120,000 square feet um, is definitely, you know, uh, that that's a real blow to downtown Worcester in the respect that that's a that is a lot of space to go on the market. Uh, one of the things that does happen typically with sublease space as well is that because they're obligated to pay the rent for the next 10 years, every you know every deal that they can do in there saves them money. They they look at it. Uh, differently than a developer would. A developer always looks at leasing space as adding value to the property. When you're subleasing space, you're kind of looking at stopping the bleeding. And so yeah. I think that they they could actually put some downward pressure on pricing, which in pre-pandemic, uh, the office market in Worcester was really uh, had a lot of momentum and a lot of velocity from the point of view of lower vacancy and and pricing getting you know moving up. But uh, I, it, that's definitely you know that's not a good thing for downtown for sure. Well, you know that what we hope obviously all of us who are uh, vested and invested in the city and in the region is that this is a phase. And one one thing a, a hypothesis I heard is that. In the in the intermediate term, it could start benefiting the city because of the large uh, density problem that the, the major city of Boston has. And so, you know, curious if you think there may be a, uh, you know, maybe a temporary lull, but there's some possible upside here for people who want to move out of the crowded offices and public transportation in Boston and, and find, you know, find a home in Worcester. Um I agree with you completely. I think you're right on. I, I do think that this is more of a, uh, a temporary thing. I think people are, you know, they employees need to get a comfort zone about going back to work. I think there's a lot of folks that are very nervous about doing it. Um, employers are trying to figure out, you know, space needs moving forward and and how you know working remotely is going to factor into their, you know, their office decisions moving forward. But, you know, I read an interesting article in the Wall Street Journal on Friday that um, many executives across the country are finding that the remote work um, is, you know, far less productive and it's having other impacts as well on younger people. Like it's much more difficult for younger people to, kind of move move up from a promotion point of view because they're not getting the direct mentoring and all of the and and really having direct report with uh, some of their boss or their boss's boss. And I think that the, I think it is a temporary thing. And I do agree with you that a city like Worcester, which virtually everybody drives to work, it's not a highly, you know, public transportation uh, type of city from a commuting perspective, that's going to be really helpful. And a lot of the buildings in Worcester are not, you know, the tallest building is 22 stories. So it's not like you're in major cities where you've got, you know, 20,000 people working in a building and trying to manage that. So I do think that, um, I think Worcester in general, um, you know, has, has a lot of momentum. It's got a lot of momentum in uh, many parts of the economy. And I, I'm optimistic. I, I think that Worcester's going to come out of things fine. But it's temporarily, you know, in the short term, it's clearly, uh, you know, 
it's a little more difficult. Well, you know, the, the, the issue, you know, you, you're running a business, I'm running a business. The issue of you know, the, the human nature part of this is what we're, we're all, we're all trying to be the, do the right things for their health and welfare of the employees and the clients. And if you try to think forward in a world where there's a, where there's a vaccine and the, you know, the, the, that threat is abated, I've read some things that say people, they love, they love the human interaction. Maybe they don't need to come to work every day, but there's a lot of, there's a lot of need, um, just, just, just the social need of people collaborating together. So I, 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 I'm looking forward to that, that day too. Um, in, in May, there was a, there was a, a, a very, you know, a, a good news story where Wuxi broke ground on their hundred thousand square foot facility in the reactory campus. Do you see, is that an example? If you mentioned earlier about the biomanufacturing life science sector, that's a good sign. What do you think about that as a I, as a, as a sector? well? They're going to um, so that that facility is about 110,000 square feet, and um, we have uh, we continue to have a huge amount of activity on the balance of the park. Um, and I think that there is going to be biomanufacturing is one of the hottest segments of the market, period. I think that when, when America kind of got the realization that 80% of our pharmaceuticals are in one way, shape, or form, whether it's the, the protein development or the actual manufacturing of the drug is done overseas, I think it, and a lot of it in China, I think you know, there's going to be a big move to, for this stuff to come back to the U.S. And one of the things that's, uh, that's interesting about the whole life science uh, uh, segment is that if you took Cambridge out of the, uh, if you took all the square footage of life science that is in Cambridge, Massachusetts mm -hmm. is still the number one uh, st uh, place in the world for biomanufacturing, not biomanufacturing, but life science. So Massachusetts has got a tremendous amount of momentum as it relates to life science. And Worcester's a good place. Worcester's got, you know, a lot of intellectual capital. It's got a lot of momentum from the point of view of UMass, UMass Medical School, the Biotech Park, WPI, and, uh, and now you know, the reactory, which is really focused mostly on, uh, on biomanufacturing, which is, uh, which is pretty exciting because it's a lot of jobs. Yeah, and it's a great example of the diversity of employment that is, makes a, you know, a city get through good times and bad. So that's, that's encouraging. I guess the, the, one last question for, our, for today. Um, you know, pre-COVID, as you pointed out a few minutes ago, that Worcester was really on fire. I guess is the way I like to talk about it. We were attracting investors from outside the city, Los Angeles-based investors, um, you know, Boston-based investors coming in. Do you think that Worcester will continue to attract these outside investments as we move forward through this, um, this phase? I, I definitely do. Uh, be, and I think the, the, the basis of it is that um, value-wise, Worcester is an attractive place. Um, when you get into the major markets, it really is dominated by mostly by institutional money, which has a you know a much their their requirement for a return on their on their capital is much less than for private investment. So Worcester has all of the 
the the bones to be a a solid investment. It, again, it it has transformed itself from you know an older manufacturing type city to life science to healthcare to education. Uh, and and those are all the the things that companies. That's where the growth is in the economy. And I think uh, Worcester's a great place to invest. We continue to see uh, people looking to do development. One of the things, uh, as you know, given the fact that Fidelity has a a branch at 145 Front Street, you've kind of firsthand seen how successful that development has been. Um, we are working with uh, companies that are looking to build more housing. There's, I think, uh, the Chamber of Commerce came out with a study that was incredibly positive about the demand for more housing. So I think you'll see it in both uh, residential development as well as, uh, I think, industrial, and I definitely think in, in life science as well. But Worcester is Worcester's in a good spot. I'm very optimistic. Well, I want to thank you, Jim, for your time. I and mean, it's obvious you have a tremendous handle on all aspects of this market. And, you know, in a, in a way that you are, you are, you and your team do such a great job. We love working with you. And you're, the, you're like a, a great marketing and, and professional spokesperson for this region because you live here, you've worked here your whole life, you have such a command of the facts. And we're really happy that you're part of the leadership of the city as we navigate these uncharted waters. So thank you. Enjoy the rest of your day. And, uh, Back to you, Hank. Appreciate it, Jim Humphrey, again there of Kelleher and Sadowski. Ed Mansey from Fidelity. And, uh, of course, Fidelity bringing you as a sponsor, Voice of Business, each and every Wednesday. It is presented by the Worcester Regional Chamber of Commerce. Ed, it is heard right here on the Radio Worcester Network.